Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, kind of, right? It is technically morning here. I mean, it's 11.57 a.m. I mean, literally, why didn't I just wait a couple of minutes? Then I could have said, good afternoon, everyone. But I, I technically have to say, good morning, everyone. It is Friday, August the 19th, 2022. It is currently 11.58 a.m. Central Time. And I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studios, located right here in... Do I want to say beautiful Abilene, Texas? No, I, I can't really say that. It's August. It's West Texas. All the grass is no longer green. It is brown. It is dead. We haven't, we've had so little rain. So I just will say I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas, and I hope you're having a great day. If you're listening to me live, if you ha- happen to listen to me at a later time when this is uploaded to all the podcast apps, well, I hope whatever time it is, whenever it may be, wherever you are, I hope things are going well for you as well. And as always, if there's anything I can do to help you in your spiritual life, always feel, always feel free to email me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Tell me what you would like me to cover. If you have any biblical questions, anything we can do, this podcast is supposed to be about you, not about me. But it's very easy when you sit in front of a microphone that no matter how much you tell everyone it's about them, it really becomes about you, right? You're checking numbers. Why? Because those numbers make you feel good. You're checking how many downloads. Why? Because it makes you feel good. You're checking your email because you want emails coming in saying, that was amazing. That was great. That was wonderful. That really makes it about you and not your listeners. It, it, it's such a weird, fine line there, right? I mean, when, when it really comes to ministry, how much of the ministry takes place is really about the minister and not those who are being ministered to. I mean, I think it's just a a good question for anyone involved in any kind of ministry, whether you're a Sunday school teacher, whether you are a preacher, whether you're a Christian podcaster. Am I really doing this for others or am I doing this for me? I mean, it, it really is can get blurry because you can tell yourself, well, obviously I'm doing this for everyone else, but... If I'm just doing it for everyone else, then why do we get so frustrated and discouraged if we don't appear to be, you know, having success from a human perspective? Or if our numbers are down, why do we get depressed or discouraged? Because as long as we're ministering to someone, shouldn't we be happy? Because it's about them. It's not about us, right? But so much of our identity, our feelings of success, our feelings of purpose is attached to what we do. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm digressing and getting away from the subject, but I, I guess I, I'm always analyzing my own, trying to always analyze my own motives. And I guess, you know, what's so frustrating is the more you analyze your own motives, sometimes you realize your motives are not as pure and godly as you would like them to be. But I think that's, isn't that a part of growing as a Christian? I think as you, I think when you're, I th- now you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think when you're a young Christian, your focus is on the external behavior. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go here. Don't listen to that. Don't, 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 don't. And then I think what happens is you, is you stop, you stop doing some of these things, right? Okay. Maybe when you first become saved, like, okay, I'm no longer selling drugs. I'm no longer doing drugs. I'm no longer going here. I'm no longer doing that. Look at me. And you start getting this feeling that you're pretty righteous. You're pretty spiritual. I, I think this is the way it works that at the beginning of your Christianity, your focus is on external action right? And then you you start succeeding, not doing these things. And then I think what happens is there's a moment of our period of time of great spiritual pride. You can become very condemning, very judgmental. Why do they do this? Why do they do this? Why do they do this? And And some people, I think, have a hard time moving past that. But I think if you continue to grow in grace, if you continue to grow as a Christian, at some point, you begin to see beyond your external actions 
to the reality of what's going on internally. And all of a sudden, you go from spiritual pride to complete spiritual humiliation and brokenness because you realize that no matter how clean you've made the outside of the cup, you realize how corrupt you are on the inside, how you, you've got some questionable motives and questionable desires, and you realize how far you are from God's standards internally. Now, at some point, I think you'll even realize how far you are even externally. But at the beginning of your Christian life, you're like, it's all about the external action. You clean it all up. You think you're great. You become spiritually arrogant. But if you grow, all of a sudden, one day you look at the mirror and you see beyond the external reflection and you see, in, or well, if you continue to study God's word, the word of God, it, it, it's supposed to cut you open. And it's, it's supposed to expose what's going on the inside. Outside, we're like, we smile. Praise God, brother. How are you doing, sister? Praise God. And we look so spiritual. But on the inside, there can be a lot of stuff going on. For example, externally, you got a smile on your face and you look at the other person. Like, I hope everything's going well with you. Bless you. Uh, I, you know, I, if you, if you ever need anything, just let me know on the inside. It's like, I can't stand this person. I despise this person. Now here comes the transition. And I don't know if I will ever forgive that person. Now, that's the transition into what we're supposed to have been studying this week. The subject of forgiveness. Forgiving other people. Forgiving our neighbor. And the text for this week, and I gave you some homework. I hope someone has worked on it this week. But Matthew chapter 18 Matthew chapter 18. Now, remember, if for anyone who's new, this is the Bible study exercise series where the goal is to move you from a passive listener to an active participant by giving you homework, giving you assignments. There's curriculum. If you need more information about everything we do here with the Bible study exercise series, please just email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Hopefully you've looked at the curriculum and hopefully you've been spending some time this week in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 35. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 35. And what's, and the reason we went back to verse 15 is because I think a lot of time, some of the discussion here, that context is ignored. I can't say in every single situation, but way too many times, I feel like that the context is ignored. The context, and just look at Matthew 18, 15, if your brother shall trespass against you. So someone sins against you, then it kind of gives you the steps that you are to take. You're to go to them. You're not to tell everyone else. You're to go to them. If they repent, if they if they repent, you are to forgive them and well, everybody is to move on. If they won't listen, you bring two or three witnesses. They don't listen to that. You bring it to the church. They don't listen to the church. In a sense, they are and it's ex- excommunicated or disciplined. All right. So we talked about all of that. And as a result of this discussion in Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20, Peter hears all of this. And then Peter said, Lord. So he's thinking, wait a minute. So how often, how often do I have to forgive someone? I mean, if they come to me and they've, they, you know, they've, they've hurt me and I confront them and they say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I repent. How many times do I have to forgive them? I mean, because that could just go on forever. It's like Peter, Peter's trying to process this. So Peter's like, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. You forgive 70 times seven. Now, a lot of people are like, whoa, whoa, what, like, what does that mean? Well, here's what we're going to do today. There's a lot here to unpack. There's a lot here in this, in this passage to unpack. And, and then he has a parable. Then he ends the parable with a statement that's caused great confusion in church history. And we will try to get to that probably tomorrow or possibly Sunday afternoon. But for this Friday now afternoon, we're just going to do a little kind of a little word study. Just, just, 
just to try to get a basic understanding of what does it mean to forgive? I mean, if I'm supposed to forgive my neighbor 70 times 7, what does that mean? What does it mean to forgive? Now, here's the thing. We live in a world where everyone has a depraved nature. Now, I just want you to understand this is a, this is a reality that I think is, is often overlooked. We live in a world where everyone has a depraved nature. You know what people who have a depraved nature do? They lie, they cheat, they steal, they sin. They do things and their actions time and time again hurt people around them. Your actions, our actions may hurt strangers, may hurt friends, may hurt family. We are sinners, therefore we sin. So you almost, as a Christian, you have to, your worldview based off the understanding of human depravity should be one that you, and I know this can make you, if you're not careful, bitter and cynical, but it has to at least be realistic. Everyone around you not only has the potential of hurting you, they're going to hurt you in some way, shape, or form. They're going to let you down. But while you're sitting there trying to process that, realize you're going to let every people down. You're going to hurt people. May not be in the same way. May not be the same kind of sin. May not be the same type of sin. But we all sin. And because we sin, that always hurts someone. In some way, shape, or form, we are going to let someone down. We're going to hurt them. We're going to betray them. We're going to do something. Now, it doesn't excuse our actions, but we have to start there. If you're going to talk about forgiveness, you got to just talk about a world, the reality we live in, where forgiveness is, is something that is obviously going to have to be exercised on a regular and consistent basis because you live in a world where people are going to hurt and fail and let you down because they are sinners. It doesn't excuse it. It's just the reality. Whether you're in a church, whether you're in a, a family, whether you're, a, 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 it doesn't matter where you are, work, school, people around you are going to hurt you. They're going to gossip about you, slander you. They're going to, to, to maybe use you for their own advantage. They may push you down for their own advantage. All these things are going to happen. And sometimes we're so shocked by it, right? I can't believe so-and-so did that to me. I can't believe. Well, you, you better learn to believe it because you live in a fallen world. Now, I know it can make you very, very bitter. And it's hard to ha- have the right balance here. But this is the Christian, this is the Christian view of life. Everyone's a sinner. And you you start reading your Bible and you just see how messed up people are. You see the things that happen even within families. And you start reading in Genesis, you're like, wait, what what, what is Joseph Brothers doing? How could they do that? Wait, what's going on? Wait, what just happened? Wait, they did what? They killed how many people? Wait, what's going on? What is that? Wait, they completely forgot Joseph in prison? How could they do that? Like, I think you spent a lot of time reading the Bible going, how could they? What? How? There's just no, what are they doing? And then you realize, wait a minute, that's, well, that's all of us. So if you're going to talk about forgiveness, you're going to talk about the fact that it's going to be needed. <laughs> Pretty much 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's almost always something you have to forgive. But if we have to, if if forgiveness is that necessary, then guess what is necessary? What is it? Can you truly define what it is? Well, we're going to, we're going to work on it. I don't know. I don't know how successful we're going to be. Remember Bible study exercise. My job is not to do all of the teaching. My job is to kind of present you some things, give you some ideas, and then you're supposed to be taking it and working on it and, and thinking on meditating on it and, and just, and then hopefully engaging. I like, I like when you engage me with what you're doing because that always adds to it. So you're ready to do a little bit of work? Now, I think you may find this interesting. And I would really like you to participate in this exercise, all right? Now, first thing you need to do is download the Blue Letter Bible app onto your mobile device or your iPad or some other tablet that's not an Apple device. 
that proves that you're unspiritual. I'm joking. Just whatever device, the Blue Letter Bible app. I think this is kind of an interesting, maybe you already know this, maybe what we're get, I'm getting ready to do that I think is so interesting, you're going to be like, oh, everybody knows that. Okay, I got you, I got you. But maybe somebody will go, oh, I didn't realize that. I just thought it was interesting. But download the Blue Letter Bible app. Once you download the Blue Letter Bible app, go to the little search image, tap on it, and just put the word forgive. Just search for forgive. Now, you want it, when it shows up, it may either be searching in one book, it may be searching in the entire Bible. You may want to, uh, it, it, right under the word forgive in the search bar, you'll see search range, and you want it to say the New Testament. All right? So I would just ask you this question. Where is the first place in the Bible where the word forgive is used? And if you do a search for forgive on the Blue Letter Bible app, guess where you're going to find it? Matthew 6, 12, at least in the King James Version, Matthew 6, 12, where we find out that forgive is used 21 uh, in 21 verses in the New Testament of the KJV. Matthew 6, 12. That's interesting. How about if we type in the word forgiveness? What if we type in the word forgiveness? If I can spell the word forgiveness. There we go. We do a search. Well, if we do a search for forgiveness, Mark 3, 29 is the first place. So forgive, the first place is Matthew 6. Forgiveness is Mark 3, 29. What if I was to tell you that in a, in, in a certain way, that is incorrect? Would you find that interesting? That even though, but no, the Blue Letter Bible app says forgive and forgiveness. The first one is, is Matthew 6, and the other, and forgiveness, the first place is Mark 3. And you're telling me that's not correct? Yes, I'm telling you that in reality, it, it happens earlier than that that it appears earlier in the New Testament. You say, well, how much earlier can it be? If, if the first one is in Matthew 6, how much earlier? Well, let's just go back to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. You may already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You know what? That's one of the things, I guess, sometimes in, in preaching and teaching and even as a Christian podcaster, sometimes you always want to give something to people that is brand new, that's revolutionary. But you really, you know what the, the majority of the job is of a pastor and a teacher, especially if you're preaching and teaching to people who are growing spiritually and are studying? A lot of times all you can do is just put them in remembrance. But that's still hopefully a beneficial. But here we go. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left, circle that word, their nets and followed him. They left their nets and followed him. That's the first place, really, where forgiveness is found in, in the New Testament. That's really the first place where forgive and forgiveness shows up, really, in kind of a roundabout way, right there. Now, you could argue there's some other places in uh, the maybe earlier part of Matthew where the concept is seen, but this is where we have, at least from a Greek perspective, really a Greek word that is often translated forgiveness. Do this in the Blue Letter Bible app. In the Blue Letter Bible app. Go to Matthew chapter 4. I'll show you. Go to verse 20. Matthew chapter 4, verse 20, and look at the interlinear. And when it says left, look at the word left, and it's this Greek word. 
Strong's G, age 63. Afia me. Afia me. Afia me. You just remember that Greek word today. Afia me. Afia me. That's the first Greek word. If you're going to look for a place where forgive or forgiveness really shows up, Atheomi is where you want to look. And it's not, it, the first time it's used, has no, you don't even see that it has really anything to do with forgiveness. It's someone leaving their nets. Atheomi. Atheomi. I, I don't want to say Atheomi, but Atheomi. Atheomi. It is used, now this is important, 146 times in the King James. Now note this. 52 times leave, but 47 times forgive. 47 times it's translated forgive. Afiami. Afiami. In a sense, think of, think of it this way. Like if you translated it this way, it would not make any sense, but it may serve as a beautiful word picture. And they straightway forgave their nets. They straightway offered forgiveness to their nets. They straightway left their nets. Afiami. They left their nets. They forgave their nets. They offered forgiveness to their nets. I mean, because the word can literally be translated forgive. It can also be translated forsake or let alone. They forsook. They left. They forgave. They offered forgiveness. They forgived their nets. Now, I, I'm just using that because it can be translated that way. Now, obviously, it's like, well, they did not forgive their nets. The nets didn't do anything to them. But in a beautiful way, they did forgive their nets. This is very important here. This, this, this is a very important concept. This is a very important concept. Just hear me out. Far and away, one of the most common New Testament words for forgiveness is afiame or afiame. Yet of its 146 New Testament occurrences, slightly less than one third refer to forgiveness. The normal meaning of the verb to let, to dismiss, to divorce, to release, to leave, to leave behind and to abandon. For example, when Jesus called his disciples, they left their nets, boats, and family. Mark 4.20, 4.22, 19.27, Mark 1.18, and Mark 1, or Mark 1.20. Let's look at all of these, all right? I'm going to go back to the, I'm going to go back to the Blue Letter Bible app, all right? So back to Matthew 4.20. We've already looked at Matthew 4.20. We have the Greek word. Strong's G, 863. Afiyami, Afiyami, Afiyami. And then if we go to verse 22, Matthew 4, 22, open up the antilinear, and they immediately left, look at the Greek word. Strong's G, 863, Afiyami, Afiyami. Afiyami, and 22, they left their ship and their father. They left, their, they forgave in a sense their nets, they forgave their ship, and they forgave their father. They left it. Afiami is the idea of to leave, to abandon. Right? But wait, there's, there's more scriptures here, right? So there's, there's Matthew 4.20, Matthew 4.22. How about Matthew 19.27? Let's go back to the Blue Letter Bible app. Matthew 19.27. Matthew 19, 27. Matthew 19, 27. Then they answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken. And look at forsaken. Strong's G, H63. Afiami. Afiami. Afiami is in Matthew 19, 27. And they, and they answered Peter and said, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. We have forsaken all. They have forgiven all. Afiami is the idea to forsake, to leave. We, we, we've, uh, we've left it. We have forgiven it. Let's go uh, to the next uh, reference. So there's Mark 4.20, Mark 4.20, or I'm sorry, Matthew 4.20, Matthew 4.22, Matthew 19.27. How about Matthew 19.29? Matthew, uh, Matthew 19.29, and everyone that hath forsaken house 
or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands. Now look here, interlinear, hath forsaken. Guess what the Greek word is? Come on, class. It is. G863. Afiami. Afiami. All right, let we let's continue. Afiami. So we have it in Matthew 4:20, Matthew 4:22, Matthew 19:27, Matthew 19:29, and then we go to Mark chapter 1, verse 18. Mark chapter 1, verse 18. Mark 1, verse 18, and straightway they forsook their nets. And guess what the Greek word is? Come on, what do you think it is? What do you think it is, class? Come on. Strong's G, H-63. Afiami. Afiami. Are you getting the idea? I mean, this is a beautiful, this is a beautiful word picture. And then, and one more, Mark 120. Mark 120. Gonna go back to Mark 1, verse 20. And straightway they called, uh, straightway he called them and they left their father Zebedee and the ship. Please note what happened here. Let's go to verse 20. And straightway, they left their father. Guess what it is? Strong's G, H63. Afiami. 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 They left. They forsook. They left their father. They left their nets. They left their ship. They left their families. They left their lands. They left. They forsook it. They forgave their ship, their land, their family. They forgave. Are you getting the picture? Do I need to spell it out anymore? But wait, there's there's more. Wait, there, there's more. There's, there's more scripture here. All right, so this idea of a fiamy. Again, it's used 146 times, but slightly less than one-third refers to actual what we would call forgiveness. It's used in these different ways. But the way it's used in these different ways, to me, screams what forgiveness is. It really does scream what forgiveness is. But, okay, we got Matthew 4.20, Matthew 4.22, Matthew 19.27, Matthew 19.29, Mark 1.18, Mark 1.20, Oh, here's one. How about John chapter 4, verse 28? John chapter 4, verse 28. Go to John chapter 4, verse 28. And look what we find here. And the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, look here, left her water pod, guess what Greek word? Come on, class. Strong's G, H63. Afiami. 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 I want you to have that Greek word written down somewhere today. Afiami. 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 Whenever you say, where is the first place forgiveness is, is talked about in the New Testament? We, we could argue that maybe somewhere before we could probably point to some things, right? We could possibly point to some things, but it's pretty clear right here that Matthew 4.20 is one that's often overlooked. It's often overlooked. And so a lot of times we, we immediately go to Matthew 6. You get to Matthew 6, everyone wants to start talking about forgiveness, but you really should start talking about forgiveness as soon as Jesus says, follow me, and they left their nets. You could argue they forgave their nets. And then all of those passages, they left this. They left their ship. They left their father. They left their cities. They left their land. They left their brothers, their sisters, their mothers, their wives. They left everything. They forgave everything. So how can we put this together? This is very important. This is very important. Forgiveness is letting it go. You, you have it in your hands. What do you have in your hands? You have someone's offense, someone's wrong, someone's betrayal, someone's lies, whatever they've done. You hold it in your hands like a net, okay? Like you're holding on to something, right? And forgiveness is... I'm letting it go, and I'm going to follow Christ. 
They forsook, they left their nets and followed him. You see the beautiful picture here? We let it go. We don't let it go because they deserve that. We, we don't let it go because they've earned. We don't let it go. We let it go because we are called to forgive 70 times seven. We just let it go. And I know it's hard to let it go because you think you've let it, you think you've let it go. In reality, you're still holding on to it. So this is not something easy, but I just want you to at least understand that forgiveness is letting go. Forgiveness is to leave behind, to abandon. But but I think that I, I, this is very important, at least from a biblical and theological perspective. I'm not talking about it from a counseling perspective or from a psychological perspective. I'm not looking at it from that perspective. From a theological perspective, this is very important. If I just say, okay, I'm looking at the, per- or just in my mind, I'm letting it go. And that's, that's all I do. I'm going to go pick it back up. But if I let it go, now this is important, and follow Christ, I'm no longer looking at what I let go. I'm no longer preoccupied with what I let go because now I am looking and I'm preoccupied with Christ. Again, go back to Matthew 4.20. I think it's just absolutely amazing that if we're going to talk about forgiveness and we're going to go to the, like, in a sense, the first place in the New Testament, I understand there's some things that we could possibly look at, look at and Matthew 2, maybe there's some other things we could look at. I understand, but for the most part, at least from a grammatical standpoint, from a, from a Greek word perspective, Matthew 4.20, and straightway they left their nets and followed him. I think that what we always focus on is we tell everyone, let go, let go, let go, let go. Well, if all you do is let go, you're just going to let go and still stand there and look at it. You're just going to sit there and keep looking at it. No, you got to let go and you got to look somewhere else. You got to let go and follow Christ. Because if you start following Christ, you're focusing on him and not focusing on what you let go. If they would have just said, hey, just leave your nets. Okay, I'm just going to not be a fisherman anymore. No, no, they had to follow Christ. I think forgiveness is letting go and following Christ. Christ. I think, I, I think that I often gets, we just kind of look at it, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying. You know, it's let go. Just let it go. Now, here's something better. Here's something far more superior. Here's something far more worthy. It's Christ. You, you, in a sense, you turn your, you're, you're no longer focused on what you've let go of, and you're looking at what to now you're trying to hold on to. So, what is the Greek word? One more time. It is this. Strong's G, H63. Afiemi. 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 Just know that Greek word today. Now, there's, there's some other Greek words, though. There's afiemi. There's a second one. Go to, I don't know if we're going to get through all of these. I almost want to just stop with the Fiamme. I just want to almost want to kind of just stop there, don't you? I just kind of want to stop with the Fiamme. That's just a beautiful, powerful word picture, isn't it? I almost want to just stop there. A Fiamme. Let go, but follow Christ. No one is claiming it's easy. No one is. It's not. Depending on the thing occurred. But you just make sure letting go doesn't mean you're saying, you were right. You didn't do anything wrong. No, you're letting go in spite of what they did, in spite of what they did wrong. Let's at least look at one more. Maybe I, I may regret doing this, but let's look at the next one. Let's look at Luke. I believe it's Luke 7. 
believe it's Luke 7. I got to find it. Luke 7. I, I believe it's verse 42. Yes. Luke 7, 42. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Now, the word is actually shows up in the English translation as forgave. And what word is this? What word is this? That's Luke 7, 42. Let's look it up. And again, the Blue Letter Bible app. I like you following along if you can. Just makes it an easy tool since it's free and anyone can use it. Luke uh, 7, 42. Going to go to the interlinear. All right. He frankly forgave. Strong's G, 5483. Haridzamai. 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 I can't do that guttural sound. Haridzamai. That's that's my West Texas Greek, all right? Haridzamai, all right? So you can laugh at me if you would like. That's okay. Haridzamai. Yeah. See, if I try, it comes across really poorly, right? Haridzamai. All right. Now, Haridzamai is used 23 times, 11 times forgive, um, six times give, two times freely give, two times deliver, one time grant, and one time frankly forgive. Haridzamai. Haridzamai. You're like, okay, so what does this help me any? Well, Haridzamai, this is interesting. To do something pleasant or agreeable, to do a favor, to gratify, to show oneself gracious, kind, benevolent, to grant forgiveness, to pardon, to give graciously, give freely, bestow to forgive, gracious to restore one's uh, one another, to preserve for, uh, for one a person in peril. Right? Haridzamai. Strong's G, 5483. Haridzamai. 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 Now, a little bit here. This is the second most common New Testament word translated forgive is haridzomai. Twelve of its 23 New Testament usage, usages uh, refer to forgiveness. The other means to give or freely give. The verb is released to the na- related to a noun, which means grace. So it's easy to see why this term for forgiveness relates to grace. Forgiveness is a gift. It is to give, haridzomai. Again, if you go back to the blue letter Bible, to the interlinear, to do something pleasant, to show oneself. The strongest definition, haridzomai, is graciously, kindness, pardon, or rescue, forgive, freely give and grant. I'm giving graciously forgiveness. I am letting go, and then I'm giving graciously forgiveness. Forgiveness, or you could almost say this may not be perfect, but the idea I think is fair. You're freely, graciously giving grace. Forgiveness deals with grace and giving, but you're giving something that is not earned. You're giving something that may not they may not deserve. Now think about it. God in Christ has let go of your sin, of your wrong. He has let go, in a sense, of his wrath. He has let go of what you deserve, which is judgment because of Jesus Christ. He has given, he has graciously given forgiveness. Haridzomai. Haridzomai. Right? Now, let's do this one more time, just so that we can remember these because I like it to be drilled into your head. If I can do anything, if I can accomplish anything. Matthew 4.20. Matthew 4.20. All right? They left their nets. Strong's G, 863. Aphiomi. 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 That's the first Greek word. Aphiomi. Left. Leave. Abandon. All right? We talked about that. The second Greek word. That dealing with forgiveness is in Luke seven forty two, Luke seven forty two, Luke seven forty two, and what Greek word is there? Interlinear. It is this Greek word. Strong's G fifty four eighty three, charizomai, charizomai. 
Haridzimai, Haridzimai. Now, how about if we go to Luke 4.18? How about if we go to Luke 4.18? Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. To set at liberty. That's Luke 4.18. What Greek word do we have here? Let's go to Luke 4.18. Does anybody know the Greek word? I'm asking as if I'm, I'm teaching in front of people, right? There's no one here. Okay, we got to find the word liberty. It is this Strong's G, 859. Aphesis. Aphesis. is used 17 times. Nine times remission. Six times forgiveness. One time deliverance. One time liberty. This means to release from bondage or imprisonment. To forgiveness or pardon of sins. Letting them go as if they have never been committed. Remission of the penalty. It's freedom. It's liberty. It's freedom. It's liberty. You let go in a gracious way. You give free, you give forgiveness in a gracious way. And in a sense, you release from bondage. You release from imprisonment. You set them free. You give them liberty. That's the idea of forgiveness. It's it's the idea of liberty. Now, there's one more. There's one more. We're not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this for you because I, I'm, I'm violating a little bit of the concept of the Bible study exercise because I'm giving you everything. I'm doing all of the teaching. So I've got to leave you one more word to look up. The last word is in Luke 6.37. It's in Luke 6.37. Luke 6.37 Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Right? It's translated forgive in Luke 6, 37. You can look up that Greek word. You can look up that Greek word. So if you put this all together, if we put the, the Greek word in Matthew 4.20, the Greek word for, in 7.42, and the Greek word for, 11, uh, for Luke 4.18, let's go through all of them just one more time. Now, I'm not going to give you the Greek word uh, for Luke 7, uh, 6.37. That's, that's for you to do. That's Luke 6.37. It's translated forgive. I want you to look that one up. But if you put the other three together, here are the Greek words you get. First, Matthew 4.20. Let's go through them again. I, I know you're saying, I already know them. I know, but you hearing them again, that's how I get them absolutely burned into your brain, all right? And note here, it means left. They leaving their nets. Here we go. Strong's G, 863. Afiami. 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 Afiami is the idea that you let it go just like they left their nets. But you don't just let go, you let go and follow Christ. Because if you don't follow Christ, you're going to keep looking at what you have let go and you're going to become preoccupied with that. If you're preoccupied with following Christ, it's easier to let go. So you let go, you abandon, you forsake, you leave it all behind. All right, there's a fiamme. Afiami. I always want to say Afiami, but Afiami. Next, Luke 7.42. Luke 7.42. And I'm going to have to offer forgiveness, Afiami, to the dogs next door who are barking and trying to interrupt my podcast, okay? I'm going to go over there. As soon as I'm done, I'm going to walk outside. I'm going to go to the, to the fence and look at the dogs and say, I Afiami, you guys. I Afiami, you guys. And they're probably just going to bark at me, all right? You think I'm joking. I am literally going to walk outside when this is over and go over to those dogs and say, I fear me, you. The neighbor will probably come out going, what are you doing with my dogs? I am a fear meing them, okay? All right, here we go. Next one. Strong's G, 5483. Haridzamai. 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 
I, I'm letting a FMA, I'm letting them go. Haridzimai, I am giving. I am graciously giving. I'm giving a free gift in a sense. I'm freely giving. I'm offering a gift of grace. Right? Next, Luke 4.18. Next, Luke 4.18, which is this Greek word, Luke 4.18. It's translated liberty, okay? Luke 4.18, this one is this Greek word. Strong's G, 859. Aphesis. 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 I let go. I freely give. I give a gracious gift. And in a sense, I pardon. I, I release from bondage. I release from imprisonment. I, it's a remission of the penalty. I set them at liberty. I set them free. I set them free. Not because they deserve it. And I want to make it very clear. Christ, in a sense, let go of all your sin. He graciously, freely gave, and he set you at liberty. He set you free. Now, there's one more. That's Luke 6, 37. It's translated forgive there. You look that up. You look that up. But if we put these together, we could come up with something. Forgiveness is graciously letting go of an offense to set someone free. Forgiveness is graciously letting go of an offense to set the person free. The problem is we don't want people to be set free. We want to hold them in bondage, at least in our own mind. We want them to feel. We want them to know that they messed up. We want to remind them. We want to hold them. We want them to always be known as my prisoner. I, you're my prisoner. I own you because you messed up. I am going to let the world know what you did to me. I'm going to let the world know your failure. You're in prison to me. But Christ graciously, freely, not because we deserved it. Let go of our offenses because of Christ and has set us free. I, my sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. They're thrown in, into the d- deepest ocean. They are forgotten. They are gone. They are no more. You can contact me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Please do the homework we did in part one. Please do the homework we did in part one. Please work on these Greek words today. Remember, Luke 6.37, look for the word forgive there. That's one more Greek word, right? So uh, Matthew 4.20, you, you, look, you can find the, the Greek word, Luke 7.42, Luke 4.18 and Luke 6.37. If you need me to repeat anything, just email me at newsif at yahoo.com. I'll make sure you have the information. Please look at this. Please pull up the curriculum today and read through the curriculum on Matthew 18. And uh, just now, there's, there's someone has asked me a question about forgiveness, but I have not answered that yet because I tend to always take a long time before I get to the answer because of getting all the other relevant information out. Since we were a little behind in our Bible study this week, because I don't know if you realize this, we've been spending a considerable amount of time building what I am calling the most comprehensive book 
Bible study method in the history of humankind. It's the comprehensive book Bible study method. You should go listen to all of that. It's a lot of hard work, but we've been building that. So that kind of distracted a little bit from this study, but I'm going to make up for it. So just to the person who asked me the question in regards to forgiveness, we're going to get there. But there's no point in trying to answer that question until we really know what forgiveness is. Maybe, maybe I was able to help you a little bit today in understanding it. All right, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. We'll be doing live, uh, more live broadcasting some, well, throughout the afternoon, sometime in the evening. Who knows? We may do a special late night, Friday night. I don't know what we're going to do. This just The main thing is, there's a couple of things, just quickly. Download the Church One app, Church O-N-E, Church O-N-E, and search for Theology Central. That turns that app into our app, and you can get notified whenever we go live. I get I get emails. Well, I don't know when you're going live. The Church One app, ladies and gentlemen, you'll get the notification, all right? So that's the easiest way. All the other platforms we're on, their notification system does not compare to the Church One uh, notification system. So the Church One app is what to have, all right? Second, if you have the version Bible app, the version Bible app, consider searching for Theology Central and choosing us kind of as your like ministry of choice. They, they now have created this new thing called version for Churches, and uh, we're trying to utilize that. I don't know all the features that they're going to offer, but we're, we're, we're trying to utilize it. And now I will see what's awesome is I will see like, I get uh, analytics when you when you follow us as quote unquote your church on the U version Bible app. That's the U version Bible app. If you can't find it, let me know. The over five million people use the U version Bible app. So when they 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 contacted us while it was still in its beta testing, and they offered us the opportunity to be a part of it, and I'm like, boom! If I can get all of our, if we can find a way to utilize an app that's used by 5 million people, I'm going to find, I'm going to use everything and, and my ability to use it. So what we do now is we uh, we set up a thing called events where it lets everyone know that we're going to live and people can listen to our programming right basically from the version app. So um, that is, I think that is awesome. But here's the cool thing. If you follow us, and then you're using the Bible app. You're using it to read or to look up things. I get note. I, I get analytics, not your name, but I get analytics of what you're searching for and what you're reading. And I love that because I can go, oh, that's interesting. Everyone's looking up that. Maybe I'm going to do a podcast about that. So um, it's just it's just another cool feature that they're offering. We're still trying to figure out how to best utilize that. But the Uversion Bible app, search for Theology Central, Church One app. Search for Theology Central, and you can keep up with everything we're doing. Now, we're always finding new places to put our content, but that's just some things to mention today. Forgiveness. I'm going to go now outside and look at the dogs and say, I forgive you. I forgive. A me, you, right? I'm going to use the first Greek word. I'm going to let you go. Okay, no, I love animals, but they just bark when I'm live on the air. Okay, all right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. We'll be back shortly. God bless.